most of the utterances of Donald Trump. It's scaring the Americans certainly. It's scaring the NATO. In Wagner Group, initially before it started becoming a huge mercenary group carrying weapons, who were very active on social media and sitting in Moscow, they were interfering in the American elections. He insulted the Japanese, all of a sudden out of thin air, and people think that he's this great champion of freedom. And I don't even think he's better than Joe Biden in any respect. Jen friends, I'm Major Gauravari and you're watching the Chanakya Dialogues English. Like this video, subscribe to our channel, and don't forget to press the bell icon. Friends, uh, Vladimir Putin in a recent comment has put his weight firmly behind Joe Biden. And he says that, you know, uh, I think Joe Biden is more stable. He says better to have, uh, you know, that is what he meant actually, not that these were his words, but he said an adversary that is uh, stable is better. So what he's trying to say is that Donald Trump is unstable. Now, there are various layers in this. You know, like the analogy of the onion, you know, you keep on removing layers after layers. And then you find out that that itself is the onion. So, now this is an indirect way of interfering in America's elections. And Donald uh, Trump, he is extremely close to Putin. I mean, that is what uh, Donald Trump has been saying all along that I admire Putin. What has happened all of a sudden? Why would, why would Vladimir Putin suddenly start criticizing Donald Trump? Could this be a case, you know, Donald Trump putting up Putin to do something which harms Joe Biden in the sense that Russia, after the Ukraine invasion, uh, to many Americans, even of the modern generation in their 20s and their 30s, uh, many of them very keen for change in America. Do you think for them an endorsement by a strongman like Putin who does not believe in democratic values and who has invaded Ukraine, you know, he suddenly starts coming out fully in support of Joe Biden. How does that make Joe Biden look? That makes him look like a person who's got an endorsement from a strong man who does not believe in uh, democratic principles of the West. And that could be detrimental for, for Joe Biden. Also, this entire thing, you know, about, uh, about uh, Joe Biden on one hand, who is 80 plus, and about uh, Donald Trump, who's 75 plus, there isn't much to choose between them. I mean, yes, Yes, Joe Biden is a doddering old uncle, but uh, Donald Trump sometimes, though I support some of his policies, I'm saying some. There is a caveat here, I'm saying some. But most of the utterances of Donald Trump are that of a complete lunatic. You see, it'll scare, it's scaring the Americans certainly, it's scaring the NATO, it scared Japan in the past, it scared so many people and friends. Donald Trump never say something that will frighten America's enemies. Please note this about Donald Trump. Never ever has he said something, which you know, keep, I'm going to bomb Iran, or I'm going to take on uh, the Taliban, or I'm going to take, off, take on the Al-Qaeda. No. He will threaten people who stand in support of America. That's, he, he was extremely rude to the Japanese. And you know how the Japanese are extremely correct, very polite very formal, that is the Japanese national character, they're absolutely, they're very correct. He insulted the Japanese, all of a sudden out of thin air, and people think that he's this great champion of freedom. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I don't even think he's better than Joe Biden in any respect. But here, here is the problem, you know, Putin, and Putin has already interfered on Putin's orders. And Wagner Group was a part of this. You remember the Wagner Group that revolted against the Russian state? And its, and its leader, who, whose, whose plane crashed and people said that uh, 
you know, this Putin had him killed. Yeah, Putin had him assassinated. You're aware of that, right? Same Wagner group. Initially, before it started becoming a huge mercenary group carrying weapons, it was actually a small team of people who were very active on social media and sitting in Moscow, they were interfering in the American elections. This is exactly what uh, Russia is doing right now. Russia knows there are elections happening in the US and Russia is interfering in elections in the US. And I think it's US's fault. You're letting Russia interfere. And why shouldn't Russia interfere in your elections? Why? Why? Uh, you have done everything you could to support Ukraine. You gave Ukraine weapons. You gave Ukraine money that ended up in the death of Russian citizens. It killed Russian soldiers. Your weapons, America, killed Russian soldiers. This was a war between Ukraine and, and uh, Russia. Why did you have to button unnecessarily? Why did you have to, uh, you know, no, nobody asked you to come in between and, uh, you know, take sides. And if you wanted to come in between, and if you really think that you're the world superpower, you, you should have calmed things down. But your help, your aid, uh, your weapons have done nothing to calm down the situation. The war is just going from bad to worse. So I don't think the American people have any kind of choice. I mean, uh, okay, Donald Trump may end up becoming the President of the United States, the Supreme Court, uh, their verdict notwithstanding. But the fact of the matter is, it's going to be a huge problem for the Americans later because this guy will get up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. in the morning and shoot off a tweet. And everything that the American president says or does is essentially policy. And people take it as a formal American policy. They don't say that th this is the rant of a lunatic at midnight. That's not the way people perceive it. It's when he is POTUS, he is POTUS. He is president of the United States. That's it. Now, uh, coming back to the second news of the day that I have for you, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, Japan is under recession. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before I delve deeper into this and give you some details about uh, the recession in Japan, let me tell you what a recession is. A recession is essentially, I'm sure you know, is when for three consecutive quarters, your economy has shrunk. That is called a recession and that has happened in Japan has unexpectedly fallen into a recession after experiencing two consecutive quarters of economic contraction. So, two economic consecutive quarters and the third one has already happened after two. So, Japan is now in a state formally in a state of recession. The gross domestic product shrank by 0.4% in the last quarter of 2023 following a 3.3% contraction in the previous quarter. My God. Economists had predicted uh, or anticipated a GDP growth of over 1% for the fourth quarter. Now, that's not happened. And uh, they're saying that Japan's position at the th as the third largest economy may have been surpassed by Germany. So it was America, uh, China, Japan, Germany, and India. Now, you know what this tells us. And let me just give you one more, one more data point here, and then we'll go to the discussion of this. So uh, Japan's economy, 4.2 trillion, compared to Germany's 4.4 trillion. So what happens here? India's economy is almost touching 4 trillion. And let me tell you, both the nations, Germany also, has suffered massive recession very recently. It's just come out of recession, barely, barely, you know, by its fingernails. Germany has somehow managed. Germany was in recession. Japan is now in recession. So this entire thing about uh, Prime Minister Modi saying that India will become the third largest economy in his third term uh, is going to happen because the two countries immediately above us have either faced recession or are currently undergoing 
one of the worst recessions in recent decades. Ladies and gentlemen, with that, I come to the end of this video, a very short video today. We just had two news points. And now I'm going to uh, take some question and answers here. We have two questions. Parth Popat says, Namaste Gauravji, Namaste Parthji. I came across an article that mentioned that PLA is planning to arm their ships with directed energy weapons. Do you think China was able to steal this technology or is it just to save face from Red Sea no-show? Could the aggressor be anyone? Do we have any defense against this? Uh, see, I'll tell you, what, most of what China says, I don't believe in. Because the Chinese don't have great scientists, all the Chinese who won Nobel uh, Prizes in science are essentially Chinese-Americans. Mostly. I'm not saying all, mostly. China has a lot of stolen technology. And I don't believe, thousands of years back, the Chinese invented paper and they invented gunpowder. And I don't think after that, the Chinese have invented anything at all. Yes, they're fantastic at stealing technology, twisting technology, making technology to suit their ends, and, you know, uh, sort of tweaking it. But to say that China has created an energy weapon, I don't think that is true. And as far as the Red Sea no-show is concerned, yeah. Militarily, China is a big no-show. Shekhar Patel, what do you think about the pressure of $80 billion worth of arms and ammunition on Russian leadership, economy and morale? I don't know, Shekhar Patelji, which $80 billion you are talking about. I'm not aware of this figure, $80 billion, because if you're talking about the figure that uh, the US Congress approved, that is $95 billion almost, if I remember correctly, $60 billion. 60 billion for Ukraine, 14 billion for uh, 14 billion dollars for Israel, 10 billion dollars for for uh, Gaza rebuilding, 8 billion dollars for Taiwan and other countries. I, I could be wrong by a billion or so here and there, but that is what I remember roughly. Uh, will it make a difference? I don't think so because if you want to make a difference in war, the route to take is self-sufficiency in battle. You know, you can keep on pumping money. This money will disappear in three, four months. And then they will, Zelensky is going to stand outside the US Congress saying, give me more money, give me more. This will never end. This will never end. And then the reconstruction of Ukraine. See, it does not, the war thing does not end here. Then the reconstruction of Ukraine. Once the war is over, my friend, then starts the reconstruction of Ukraine. The entire uh, eastern side of Ukraine has been flattened. It will take hundreds upon hundreds of billions of dollars. And who's going to fund that? Certainly not Russia. And Ukraine has lost 17.5% of its landmass or territory to Russia. And Russia is in no mood to give it back. Think about these things. So, uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for watching this video. Uh, typically short video. Uh, but I hope you liked it. And if you did, please press the like button. Subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to press the bell icon. Jahind, Vande Matram, Bharat Mata Ki Jai.
Jen friends, I'm Major Gauravari and you're watching the Chanakya Dialogues English. Like this video, subscribe to our channel and don't forget to press the bell icon. Friends, uh, Vladimir Putin in a recent comment has put his weight firmly behind Joe Biden. And he says that, you know, uh, I think Joe Biden is more stable. He says better to have, uh, you know, that is what he meant actually. Not that these were his words, but he said an adversary that is uh, stable is better. So what he's trying to say is that Donald Trump is unstable. Now, there are various layers in this. You know, like the analogy of the onion, you know, you keep on removing layers after layers. And then you find out that that itself is the onion. So, now this is an indirect way of interfering in America's elections. And Donald uh, Trump, he is extremely close to Putin. I mean, that is what uh, Donald Trump has been saying all along that I admire Putin. What has happened all of a sudden? Why would, why would Vladimir Putin suddenly start criticizing Donald Trump? Could this be a case, you know, Donald Trump putting up Putin to do something which harms Joe Biden in the sense that Russia, after the Ukraine invasion, uh, to many Americans, even of the modern generation in their 20s and their 30s, uh, many of them very keen for change in America. Do you think for them an endorsement by a strong man like Putin who does not believe in democratic values and who has invaded Ukraine, you know, he suddenly starts coming out fully in support of Joe Biden. How does that make Joe Biden look? That makes him look like a person who's got an endorsement from a strong man who does not believe in uh, democratic principles of the West. And that could be detrimental for, for Joe Biden. Also, this entire thing, you know, about, uh, about uh, Joe Biden on one hand, who is 80 plus, and about uh, Donald Trump, who's 75 plus, there isn't much to choose between them. I mean, yes, Yes, Joe Biden is a doddering old uncle, but uh, Donald Trump sometimes, though I support some of his policies, I'm saying some. There is a caveat here. I'm saying some. But most of the utterances of Donald Trump are that of a complete lunatic. You see, it's scaring, it's scaring the Americans certainly. It's scaring the NATO. It scared Japan in the past. It scared so many people and friends. Donald Trump never says something that will frighten America's enemies. Please note this about Donald Trump. Never ever has he said something, which, you know, okay, I'm going to bomb Iran. Or I'm going to take on uh, the Taliban. Or I'm going to take, off, take on the Al-Qaeda. No. He will threaten people who stand in support of America. That's, he, he was extremely rude to the Japanese. And you know how the Japanese are extremely correct, very polite very formal, that is the Japanese national character. They're absolutely, they're very correct. He insulted the Japanese, all of a sudden out of thin air. And people think that he's this great champion of freedom. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I don't even think he's better than Joe Biden in any respect. But here, here is the problem, you know, Putin, and Putin has already interfered on Putin's orders. And Wagner Group was a part of this. You remember the Wagner Group that revolted against the Russian state? And its, and its leader, who, whose, whose plane crashed and people said that, uh, you know, uh, this Putin had him killed. Yeah, Putin had him assassinated. You're aware of that, right? Same Wagner group, initially, before it started becoming a huge mercenary group carrying weapons, it was actually a small team of people who were very active on social media and sitting in Moscow, they were interfering in the American elections. This is exactly what uh, Russia is doing right now. Russia knows there are elections happening in the US and Russia is interfering 
in elections in the US. And I think it's US's fault. You're letting Russia interfere. And why shouldn't Russia interfere in your elections? Why? Why? Uh, you have done everything you could to support Ukraine. You gave Ukraine weapons. You gave Ukraine money that ended up in the death of Russian citizens. It killed Russian soldiers. Your weapons, America, killed Russian soldiers. This was a war between Ukraine and, and uh, Russia. Why did you have to button unnecessarily? Why did you have to, uh, you know, no, nobody asked you to come in between and, uh, you know, take sides. And if you wanted to come in between, and if you really think that you're the world superpower, you, you should have calmed things down. But your help, your aid, uh, your weapons have done nothing to calm down the situation. The war is just going from bad to worse. So I don't think the American people have any kind of choice. I mean, uh, okay, Donald Trump may end up becoming the President of the United States, the Supreme Court, uh, their verdict notwithstanding. But the fact of the matter is, it's going to be a huge problem for the Americans later because this guy will get up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. in the morning and shoot off a tweet. And everything that the American President says or does is essentially policy. And people take it as a formal American policy. They don't say that th this is the rant of a lunatic at midnight. That's not the way people perceive it. When he is POTUS, he is POTUS. He is President of the United States. That's it. Now, uh, coming back to the second news of the day that I have for you, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, Japan is under recession. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before I delve deeper into this and give you some details about uh, the recession in Japan, let me tell you what a recession is. A recession is essentially, I'm sure you know, is when for three consecutive quarters, your economy has shrunk. That is called a recession and that has happened in Japan, has unexpectedly fallen into a recession after experiencing two consecutive quarters of economic contraction. So two economic consecutive quarters and the third one has already happened after two. So Japan is now in a state, formally in a state of recession. The gross domestic product shrank by 0.4% in the last quarter of 2023, following a 3.3% contraction in the previous quarter. My God. Economists had predicted uh, or anticipated a GDP growth of over 1% for the fourth quarter. Now, that's not happened. And uh, they're saying that Japan's position at the th as the third largest economy may have been surpassed by Germany. So, it was America, uh, China, Japan, Germany, and India. Now, you know what this tells us. And let me just give you one more, one more data point here. And then we'll go to the discussion of this. So, uh, Japan's economy 4.2 trillion compared to Germany's 4.4 trillion. So, what happens here? India's economy is almost touching 4 trillion. And let me tell you, both the nations, Germany also, has suffered massive recession very recently. It's just come out of recession, barely, barely, you know, by its fingernails. Germany has somehow managed. Germany was in recession, Japan is now in recession. So, this entire thing about uh, Prime Minister Modi saying that India will become the third largest economy in his third term uh, is going to happen. Because the two countries immediately above us have either faced recession or are currently undergoing one of the worst recessions in recent decades. Ladies and gentlemen, with that I come to the end of this video, a very short video today. We just had two news points. And now I'm going to uh, take some question and answers here. We have two questions. Parth Popat says, Namaste Gaurav Ji, Namaste Parth Ji. 
I came across an article that mentioned that PLA is planning to arm their ships with directed energy weapons. Do you think China was able to steal this technology or is it just to save face from Red Sea no-show? Could the aggressor be anyone? Do we have any defense against this? Uh, see, I'll tell you what, most of what China says, I don't believe in. Because the Chinese don't have great scientists, all the Chinese who have won Nobel uh, Prizes in science are essentially Chinese-Americans. Mostly. I'm not saying all, mostly. China has a lot of stolen technology. And I don't believe, thousands of years back, the Chinese invented paper and they invented gunpowder. And I don't think after that the Chinese have invented anything at all. Yes, they're fantastic at stealing technology, twisting technology, making technology to suit their ends and, you know, uh, sort of tweaking it. But to say that China has created an energy weapon, I don't think that is true. And as far as the Red Sea no-show is concerned, yeah. Militarily, China is a big no-show. Shekhar Patel, what do you think about the pressure of $80 billion worth of arms and ammunition on Russian leadership, economy and morale? I don't know, Shekhar Patelji, which $80 billion you are talking about. I'm not aware of this figure, $80 billion, because if you're talking about the figure that uh, the US Congress approved, that is $95 billion almost, if I remember correctly, $60 billion, $60 billion for Ukraine, $14 billion for uh, $14 billion for Israel, $10 billion for, for uh, Gaza rebuilding, $8 billion for Taiwan and other countries. I, I could be wrong by a billion or so here and there, but that is what I remember roughly. Uh, will it make a difference? I don't think so because if you want to make a difference in war, the route to take is self-sufficiency in battle. You know, you can keep on pumping money. This money will disappear in three, four months. And then they will, Zelensky is going to stand outside the US Congress saying, give me more money, give me more. This will never end. This will never end. And then the reconstruction of Ukraine. See, it does not, the war thing does not end here. Then the reconstruction of Ukraine. Once the war is over, my friend, then starts the reconstruction of Ukraine. The entire uh, eastern side of Ukraine has been flattened. It will take hundreds upon hundreds of billions of dollars. And who's going to fund that? Certainly not Russia. And Ukraine has lost 17.5% of its landmass or territory to Russia. And Russia is in no mood to give it back. Think about these things. So, uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for watching this video. Uh, typically short video. Uh, but I hope you liked it. And if you did, please press the like button. Subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to press the bell icon. Jai Hind. Vande Matram. Bharat Mata Ki Jai.